welcome to the podcast for the love of Merlin. This is episode one. The dragon's call is coming from inside the castle. If that's on the nose enough. I'm Sonia and joining me is... I'm Mila. Hi guys. Here we go. I guess we'll just get started. I'm going to start with uh, the synopsis of this episode according to Netflix. Awesome. The dragon's call. Merlin, a young country boy, arrives in the bustling, colorful city of Camelot and witnesses an execution. I can't even get through it without laughing. I guess that's a good place to start. (laughs) I hadn't watched anything. I hadn't read anything about Merlin coming into this first episode. I didn't even read the, the synopsis from Netflix because I didn't want any spoilers. I mean, colorful city is very brown. Everything is very brown. I don't think it's very colorful. I don't think they got it right. Well, I guess, like, forgive us for any back and forth here where we, we learn how to host a podcast because this is our first podcast. Like any pilot, thank you for your patience. I guess I'll, I'll start with I'm the instigator of this. I'm an avid rewatcher of everything. I rewatch things. If I like them enough, I do not watch it once. And then what happens is I'm rewatching it and then I want someone to talk about it with. And I rope in my best friends, i.e., Mila who's here with me for this podcast. And I've roped her into watching Merlin for this podcast, which means you'll be watching Merlin for over a year of your life because we're going to do one episode a week as if it were really on. And like she said, she's been kept from everything Merlin related. She's in a bubble in which Merlin does not exist except for the episode that she's watched for this podcast. So I know everything and she knows nothing. That's the dynamic here. We're both like, we're both into fantasy genres. You're a Lord of the Rings freak. I love Supernatural, Buffy, Merlin. Again, like new to you. Arthurian legend, not new to you. you. Do you even remember the first time you heard the story of Arthur in any context? I think that the first, very, very first time that I saw anything related to like Merlin or anything, I think it is Disney's The Sword and Stone. Is that the name in English? Yes. Yeah, that is the name in English because you grew up in a different country. So uh, exactly, Mila is from Brazil. I was born and grew up in Brazil and moved to New York about eight years ago. And I've watched lots of Disney movies. So I think that that was the first time that I heard anything about it. I think that's probably true of a lot of people in our age group is that that's the first time they heard the, the story. I actually don't have any frame of reference of where my first exposure to the Arthurian legend, probably a mixture of Sword in the Stone and other things. Probably the most watched thing Arthur related for me before Merlin was sadly Monty Python, (laughs) which does not involve Merlin. Like there's no Merlin. Which would be my second, when they say about Camelot, my second thing, I'm like, oh my God, the musical is Camelot. I heard that soundtrack a lot. I know a lot about that through that musical, which is hilarious. Spam a lot, yes. Mila is really into Broadway and Disney, which are not two things that I'm super into. Funny enough, like your perspective of this is very, mine is Monty Python and probably like just random viewings of Sword in the Stone and stuff like that. But I've never seen Spam a lot. But I know the, the Camelot song from Monty Python. I don't know how well you remember Arthurian legends. You know, like my mom was really into The Mists of Avalon. I remember being a teenager and her being really into that, which is a different take. Like yes. on the side of the women, which doesn't happen often in, in stories. This is your, your first time seeing Merlin. Like we said in the synopsis, let's start at the beginning. Merlin walks into Camelot and it like starts out on a very hopeful note. You have a nice little jaunty walk with hopeful music and a voiceover from John Hurt. No one can know their destiny. And then he walks in 
to an execution. <laughs> I mean, it's such like a classic scene of like small town girl getting to the big city, going to get stuff. And it's hilarious. I feel like looking at Merlin, I think that that was my face the first time I walked, got into New York City, which was through Grand Central Station, which is amazing. The first time that you walk in there, it's like, it's very overwhelming. Or the first time that I walked into Disney World minus the decapitation. <laughs> right. So there, that's the thing that's interesting, though. You didn't walk into New York City and watch someone get murdered for being who you are. By the way, there is the thing to be said where it's it's interesting to me that he even stays. Like, it's such a violent sh- shift of tone. Like, da-da-da, I walk into the city. Like, here I am, big city, wide eyes. And someone's getting murdered for being magical, <laughs> which I am. <laughs> it's like, oh, and you're going to stay. Wow. Just wow. Yeah. He's like, well, I saw that. Just go about my business. Go find Gaius, who, you know, great intro. Like any pilot, this show has so much to do. Pilots are hard anytime. And I think fantasy pilots are harder because you have an entire world to construct, a lot of rules to build. There's a lot of people to intro in this, a lot of explaining how things work. And then there has to be a story as well. And that's that's difficult. I want to get first impressions of some of the characters from you. Okay, I think that's where I think that's where I want to start. All Maybe right. not chronological because now we've gotten the first impression of Camelot, which is terrifying because the the king comes out, decapitates someone for using magic. You're going there because you have magic. That's kind of the reason Merlin's there. And then he's like, "Also, we're gonna have a party." Woo! Exactly. <laughs> right after decapitating people, was like, "Look, no magic anymore. We're gonna have a party for that." Um, see you later, guys. Celebrate good times. And then totally gets threatened by a witch. And see, I'm getting sidetracked already. But here's the thing about a pilot. Like, you do things that never happen again in a pilot. Like, you do things in the pilot that you wouldn't dare do during the show. I think it was incredibly brave of them to even introduce the idea of teleportation as part of magic. Because I think it's a bad idea in any magical show to introduce the idea that you can teleport. Because then you spend the rest of time within that world being like, why are they... Why are they walking anywhere? Why do you walk anywhere? Why? <laughs> Tell me why. Why would you not just teleport if you could do that? It, it's brave. And that is a spoiler that I'm going to give you because there's no spoilers here in this in this world between us. Actually, Mila and I haven't talked in two days because she saw the, the episode two days ago and we haven't spoken. That is true and kind of sad. It's been hell. The There is no more. That's the only time we see that in this whole show. And I feel okay about telling you. I really liked that. I She's... She was way more powerful than I first gave her credit for. You know, I thought she was going to like disappear in like a cloud of smoke or something. And it was way bigger than I was expecting. Good special effects. Good on them. This is this is quite old at this point. This is 12, 12 years ago. 2008, I think the show started. 12 years ago now. And here we are talking about it. That, that effect held up. But anyway, I, I sidetracked us because I couldn't believe that they just teleported someone. And I'm like, it never happens again in all of Merlin. And I'm going to just tell you that right now because it's funny okay. to me because, of course, you do it in Thank the pilot. You. Let's let's go with first impression of Merlin, the, our titular character, our wide-eyed wonder. What, how do you <sighs> feel about Merlin? <laughs> I mean, I'm like, why are you moving somewhere and, like, making trouble right away? Like, your mom is like, hey, you might die. So, like, I'm sending you away so you can survive and you're like i'm gonna make as much trouble as i can in the first day that i'm in this city 
See, that's interesting to me. I guess it's, I have, a, see, I have so much information going into this. Like, I know everything that happens in this show. And because we're doing a podcast, I know way too much. Like, I have looked way too deeply into the show at this point already. That's fascinating to me. I mean, here's something that's interesting to me. The intro of the show calls him a, a young boy, right? And I'm always, this is my question to everyone out there. How old is Merlin in this episode? Like, how old is this guy supposed to be? That's what I want to know. I'm really curious as to like, he's not a young boy. Like, I would say that's like a 10 year old. If you were like, what age is a young boy? I'd be like 10. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. I I hadn't thought about that. I think that you can say like a young man, but a young boy, you're like forcing a little bit. This is a grievance I have with the end. Young man. I'm like, I don't know, 2019 he was supposed to be. I'm not sure. He does make some decisions that I would see any 19, 20 year old dude make, though. There's a lot of testosterone happening in this episode. So Merlin, you you find him a little irresponsible. Like he walks in and he's already... (laughs) You're being nice. You're being very nice here. I'm way more sentimental about these characters than you are at this point because I've seen it through already. I'm just trying to figure it out. Like, why are you like that? (laughs) Okay. On the spectrum of why are you like that? First impressions of Uther, the the second major character I feel like we meet. Oh my god, another big question. Why are you like that? I'm like, oh, another father figure that is just an asshole. <laughs> it is it is an interesting introduction to a character because I think, you know, that's a hard thing that pilots have to do. And I think it's done very well in this show. This pilot is beautifully done in the way of I have to tell who this person is in the first scene that we see them. I have to tell who they are. In, a, in an interesting way that fits into one scene. Yeah, Uther just like chopping somebody's head off, announcing a party. I agree with what you said about the characters. I feel like we just talked about two right now, but I feel like all the characters were very well introduced in this episode. Yeah, I, I always got to give it to these. I think, you know, spoiler for my opinion about this show, the best thing about this show is is the character building. The characters are the thing that is the best thing about the show. Like the, how they're written, their development. They know these people extremely well when they write them. And yeah, they know them in the first episode. Because it's interesting like how they introduce Gaius as like very forgetful. Like, oh, it's Wednesday. He's like a daughtery old man in that scene. Like, Yes, but he, I feel like he changed from the beginning to the end of the episode. He like He gets like very wise and he's like, oh, like... I know everything. I know everything that you are, and I know your future, and I know your destiny, and I'm gonna help you. And then in the beginning, he's like, "What day is it?" I guess we're all like that at some point of our lives. I found that to be an interesting decision, uh, introducing Gaius as a forgetful man who falls off a landing because someone walked in, because the rest of the episode that's kind of a little bit out of place. Like he's he's a pretty good caretaker. I from episode one, I adore the Gaius Merlin father-son relationship. And I'm going to pose a question to everyone that's listening. In this scene where Merlin comes in and Gaius is like, what is going on? How did you do that? Blah, blah, blah. And then he doesn't know who this boy is. Like, how many people does he have? I mean, he's the doctor of the the kingdom and everything. But he is waiting for this boy to come. And what I, what it feels like is that Merlin's mom didn't tell why she was sending Merlin to him. Well, the letter comes in, and I guess she didn't explain in the prior letters what's up. Like, it's maybe too dangerous to write out, hey, my kid has magic in a letter that's just floating around Camelot. I guess that makes sense. I guess it makes sense. 
Yeah, I mean, I look, Gaius in episode one is like the ultimate caretaker good guy, I feel like, even though he lets him get pelted with fruit, but it's it's legitimately funny. That is true. That he enjoys that. At least it's funny to me. Then we've got Gwen. She's my favorite character. Really? So in this first episode, yes, I love her. I love her. I was not expecting that. You love her. I love her. I think she's hilarious. I think she's hilarious. I'm so happy to hear that. It's interesting, though, because the, the entire concept of the show, which we haven't spelled out, I guess, looking at the Arthurian legend from the perspective of all these characters when they were young before they became legends. But, you know, we all know the story, so you know who Gwen's going to be. Right. So, But she, they've started her. It's interesting the liberties they've taken. She's a servant girl, like not where you'd expect Gwen, the Guinevere to start. Right, right. But you, you loved her. She's your favorite character. I'm amazed. She is my favorite character. This is why it's amazing to like have your friends watch things you've watched before. And this is the enjoyment I get, I think. That's why we're doing this podcast is because I've become numb to the first impression. I've become numb to like everything that, you know, like after you watch a show three times, like you're just like, you know, every moment already. Right. You know too much. And I have no perspective left for what what these characters feel like on first go. My impression of of everyone in this episode when I watch it is right. so skewed by by all the knowledge. Exactly. So Gwen's your favorite. Uh, what do you think of Morgana? Because to me, I think she's the most weak introduction almost. She doesn't have a strong intro, I don't feel like. Yes, I agree. I think that on her scenes, at least you can see that there is already, they show that there's been already tension between her and Uther for a long time now. She doesn't like the way that he runs Camelot. She doesn't agree with any of the decapitations. And it shows. On her scenes, it shows. I mean, the yeah, the true first inter- introduction of her is seeing her in the window look away in disgust. Exactly. Which I can't blame her. I agree with her. I'm with Morgana in this episode. You know, she's not wrong. But she, like, to me... When I watch it, even I try to be objective because I know we're about to do this and like try to be objective about who they are without knowing the future. She comes off a little bit, even though she cares, she comes off a little insipid, maybe. Am I wrong? Like she's like, she can't stop talking about like, well, I like, what am I going to wear? And like, how am I going to make everyone like, look at me? Yes, I, I didn't understand that either. I have problems with that whole scene, by the way. That whole scene is weird. Yes, it's a thing that she doesn't want to go to. And suddenly she's very worried about looking her best to everyone involved, including Arthur, obviously. Second of all, what is Merlin doing in that scene? Is this the, oh, when he's in her rooms? Yes. What is going on? No, seriously, what is he doing there? What is he doing in her room? Well, he's, I mean, he's delivering the medicine, but you're you're, like, this is. (laughs) Yes, but like he. He walks in, doesn't say anything. She doesn't realize that he's there. And she goes get changed. He pretends that he's her helper. She keeps talking. He doesn't say it's him. Her helper comes in and he's like, um, don't know what happened. Just like got confused. I'm in like in this room now. Bye. And still doesn't say anything. She never notices that he's there. I don't even know if she, he actually delivered the medicine. He never said anything. He could just have knocked like, hey, I'm not Gwen. I'm just here to give you this bottle of medicine. Um, bye. I'm going to warn you now. This is like classic Merlin slapstick. And I kind of love it. Like my favorite thing about this whole show. The best thing that the whole show does is the characters. My favorite thing about the whole show is the comedy. And I'm going to go against some opinions I've seen. I don't really usually read opinions from other people 
about shows I'm watching, but we're doing a podcast, so I did my homework. I disagree with anyone who dislikes the the jaunty, fun music that accompanies the comedy moments of this show. I'm here for it. I love it. Now, it didn't bother me. I'm, I'm going to give it to you. It's not the best written scene of the whole episode, but like these actors are actually pretty brilliant at it. Like this whole slapstick and and your favorite Gwen comes in and just gives him this look of like, what are you doing here? And he's just like, I'm in over my head. Bye. <laughs> His face is unbelievable. He just he like tries to say something, still doesn't say anything because he doesn't want Morgana to know that he was even in the room and just goes away. Well, that's the beauty of Merlin right? He's just in over his head at this point in life. And we love him. I love him for it. I'm going to make a shocking revelation that my favorite character in episode one is Merlin. (laughs) (laughs) You're kidding. Again, again, I think it's the weight of the show also. I'm so basic. A little bit. I'm glad you love Gwen. I love her. I love I think that like, she's painfully honest. And I love that about her. She's definitely a Sagittarius. Uh, <laughs> so if you say so, we might have to do that one episode. I'm just going to give everyone their designated signs that I think they are. I like that. I've never done this. I can't believe I haven't done that. But speaking of unbelievable faces, now I want to know what you think of the dragon because the great dragon is a big deal. Were you expecting a talking dragon under the castle? I didn't really know where the voice was coming from. When Merlin is asleep the first time and somebody's calling him, I really thought it was Gaius at first. I really didn't know that it was a dragon. Then he gets um, he gets locked up because he just can't go about his business without bothering anybody else. So he gets in trouble and gets locked up. And then he's asleep on the floor. Like first night, probably second night, sleeps in jail because, you know, you know how it goes. I mean, yeah, I do know how. Well, you know, the dungeons in this show play an important part always as any good fantasy show. Exactly. Well, but then when he is in jail, he hears the voice a little bit louder because it's literally coming from the room downstairs inside the castle, which I love that he like kneels and like puts his ass in the air and he's like his ear down on the floor. And that's when Gaius comes in and is like, Merlin, what up? And he's like. Like, did not ask him, why are you like that on the floor? I've not heard it described like that. I never really thought about the fact that Merlin's ass was all the way up in the air. You know, and yes, I plan on giving every single episode of Merlin an obnoxious title like this. Some of them are going to be better than others. But yeah, the call's coming from inside the castle. So you see the dragon, which is in an impossibly large cave under the castle. I'm like, how is this cave under the castle? Like, he just flew straight up. I'm going to let that go. That's the only, that's the least believable thing of this whole episode to me. I don't care about talking dragons or anything. It's very big. That's what she said. Uh, (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm glad that you did it. It's going to happen. Yeah. So I think the CGI for the dragon is pretty impressive for 12 years ago. I'm going to give it to them. I honestly was very impressed. It's very good. How do you feel about the dragon as a character? Like, I love the voice. I love the way that he looks. I love... I really love everything about that scene and the dragon. I mean, he's so smart. Like, I wish that I was like him. You know, like when you hear the dragon talking, like, how oh, I wish I was smart like this dragon. Smart, not necessarily helpful, though. Cannot give a straight answer to save his own life. It's like, here's a few riddles. That is true. 
I don't know. Maybe when you get, maybe when you get locked in a dark place for 20 years, you get a little like that. You're like, I'm not helping anyone do shit. You guys figure it out for yourselves. I, you know what? That's fair. I'm, I'm not even going to argue that. That is fair. And I've left, I've, I've left this on purpose to the end. So hopefully people aren't too mad at us because they're like, talk about Arthur. Do it. Say something about Arthur. First impressions of Arthur. <sighs> I'm tired already. I I don't know. You know, very bro-y. He's a, he's a bro. I don't believe you're supposed to like Arthur in these first moments. I don't think that I... I mean, I'm sure that, like, he will, like, rise to the occasion in a few episodes. But, you know, for now, no, I don't like him. He's an asshole. It's written in my notebook as a-hole. <laughs> I have my own first impression. <laughs> I have my first impressions written down here like my own first impressions are written in my notebook in prep for this episode and it says a-hole i mean an endearing a-hole keeps him out of jail in the end after a good fight which merlin just like cheats his i'm gonna give it to merlin for giving in at the end because Gaius is giving him looks of disapproval like i just told you not to get in trouble and you're like fighting the king's son with magic in the middle of a crowd thank you for listening also can we talk about that fight first of all why Merlin? Why? Why do you engage? Why do you engage? Okay. Second of all, why is that the weapon that you carry around and not a sword? How bizarre is that that they swing that thing in the air and why are you carrying that around instead of a regular sword? Yeah, I'm gonna just say, <laughs> well, Arthur's training, so he's got all his he's got all his weapons around. Arthur is, you know, I'm gonna help you out with a little knowledge of the world, having seen the rest of this. Arthur is perma-training to be champion of all the knights and all the kingdoms and forever perfect soldier knight guy. That was so eloquent of me. I'm so proud of myself. But yeah, Arthur is in constant training. So like, I'm going to give it to him that he's carrying around a mace. Just the way he's launching spears at his poor servant who's scared for his life and just like throwing a javelin right at his body behind a shield. Okay, I get it. Yeah, so... I will have that as an acceptable answer. So yeah, they have their big fight. They don't like each other. You don't like him. No one likes him. But he, he like, he... There's something about you, Merlin. He says it. It's a big deal to everyone. That moment, I think. That's a, that's a good moment of bonding between them. He keeps them out of jail. <laughs> I agree. I, I agree. And I agree. He sees something in Merlin there. He's like, yeah, I may think that he's an idiot, but he's a brave idiot. So, you know, that will do for today. The intro of their relationship, Marla and Arthur, works extremely well for me, given the punchline at the end. Because when we get to the end of the episode, when when the big bad, which I do wonder, this villain is very interesting to me because she's the victim in the first scene or the opening of the show. I do think she becomes less sympathetic. as that. Like, I'm not sad that she gets killed by the chandelier. I'm, I'm guessing she died. Merlin basically kills her. And I'm not sad about it because she killed three innocent people on her journey to kill Arthur like she just like killed all these women without any regret I have to say that there's one w woman that I'm like I kind of understand do you know like you know you're like me you do a billion things at the same time you have like several notebooks at the same time like in my room I'm doing several projects at the same time so there's my computer there's my phone there are my notebooks there are like things for yoga things for dance Everything's all over the place. It's a mess, but it's an organized mess. You know that person who comes in and starts touching your stuff and like 
just moving it from one place to the other. And you're like, please just stop. That was that lady. She came to deliver fruit, just deliver the fruit and go away. She came in, she started like organizing, move the flower, move this rag, move the other rag. And then you move the rag that was on top of the mirror for a reason, lady. That was your own fault. I I do not feel bad. I do not feel bad. I love that. That's not true. I understand. I feel bad for her, but like, I mean, but I understand, like, don't, don't touch my stuff. So you're like, she deserved it. The poor servant girl deserves, <laughs> I do, I, I mean, no, I sound like an asshole. I'm not mean that she died. She deserves it. I mean that I understand why the witch was so annoyed. She's like, get out of my room. There's a lot of scenes in this episode of like people just being, um, usually Merlin, of being in someone's room looking through someone's shit when they shouldn't be. Yes. Also, Merlin sees her on the mirror when she uh, comes in the room. I, I'm like feeling that this is going to be a repeated theme of people who see things and don't say anything to anyone. And that will irritate me for the rest of forever. I don't think Merlin sees her, to be honest. I don't think Merlin knows. He sees the book. So, okay, that's 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 all our main characters and, and, and the villain as well. I want to get to like the something that you, I thought you would love. The quality of this world. I have, in doing my research, they gave reference to Beauty and the Beast being a reference point for how like the cobwebs would go in this episode and how this isn't a period piece it is a fantasy i kind of love that i think a lot of people as i've heard like nitpick this show for like oh that tomatoes weren't there and like they wouldn't have had that those shoes and it's like it's a fantasy world this is not our world this is not a period piece this is a fantasy i thought you would appreciate the the disney-esque quality of of the fantasy playing out with the cobwebs i really do I like the cobwebs. I like the detail on all of the props that they have. I think that with fantasy, it is fantasy. You just have to suspend disbelief and just get into into the world and just be in it and not historically analyze it, I guess. Oh, yeah. I heard the 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 commentary with the creators being like, we got complaints about the tomatoes, but there's a talking dragon. Like, what do you... Why are you upset? People can d- suspend disbelief for that kind of stuff. And then they're like, oh, like this is supposed to be medieval times. Like it's not. It's it's probably medieval times more like medieval times going to medieval times and seeing people jousting medieval times where it's like purely fictional, purely fantasy. And I, I love this world. I think it's established really well in this episode. The plot's probably not the strongest point of episode one. I think the world building is pro- and the character intros are important in this and it gets done well. I think what I appreciate about this pilot is it introduces like all the elements, like the drama, the campiness. It is campy. I love it. Thank you for being campy. I'm a big advocate of like, I miss 90s movies because like things were just more fun and campy. And the show gives it to me in spades. What's your like now that I've talked you into watching this for the next year and a half of your life? Are you excited to see the rest of Merlin? Because here we are. I am. I actually am really excited. I think that this pilot is a great pilot. Um, it introduces, like just like you said, I agree with everything. It introduces all the characters really well. It introduces the world really well. And it really, through all of the scenes, it gives us kind of like a window into the past of these characters or even some of these characters and how they got to that present moment right there that we were watching without actually showing the past. Like we don't have any scenes from the past 
but we kind of in our heads built the past of these people up to that moment that we're watching. And I think that that's so important. If you're not doing flashbacks and everything, I think it's so important to with the scenes and with the conversations and that dialogue that all the characters have in the scenes to build that past for us. Yeah, it's, it does a very good job of introducing why people are the way they are at this point of their lives when we're meeting them and sets up a great future because the punchline after the fight, after everything, after meeting everyone, Merlin and Arthur hate each other. And the punchline is you're going to be his manservant. And I don't know which one of them is more disappointed by that sentence. I love that this is a reward. It's totally a thing. Like, that's just like a legit reward back then. Like, hey, I'm going to reward you with being someone's servant. I thought the exact same thing. They're like, we're going to give you a reward. You're a manservant now. I'm like, that's not a reward. I mean, you get a job in the royal household. That's a big deal, right? I mean, it is a big deal. I think the punchline of that and like lands so well. I think. Anthony Head delivering things always works for me. I'm I'm a, obviously a fan of his from his days in, when he was in Buffy. He's so good in these moments. There, there are a lot of moments through the show where like his delivery of something makes it even better than it is. And just the way he just throws it away and walks off like, you're going to be his manservant and just like exits on that word and is out of there like, I did a great thing. And he's all proud of himself. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I have a great reward for you, son. And they're both, I really don't know which one is more disappointed, Merlin or Arthur. It's kind of a toss up. I think probably Arthur is more disappointed, to be perfectly honest. I think probably, probably. I think that was a very, that was a big surprise for Merlin, but it was a huge disappointment for Arthur. I don't think that he wanted that at all, whatsoever. I think Gaius is excited about it. Gaius is like, yeah, this is great. Everyone's on the Destiny train in this episode. Destiny is the name of the game in this first episode. I don't know how many times that word gets dropped, but here's his destiny. And at the very end, I believe Gaius hands him a book on magic, which is like such a beautiful moment. Here's like the final. And it's a beautiful book. It's a beautiful book also. I will give that to the props. I want I, I want to point out what a beautiful prop that is because, well, you and I are both have dabbled in the world of production at least. and can appreciate great costumes and great great props costumes in this episode are very good i'm like the everything worked out yes. budget wise I, I you know like looks like it had a really healthy budget or they were very clever with their money it looks great that is true because it's a lot it's a lot for it's a lot there's a lot of extras there's a lot of people in this first episode so yes either they had a lot of money or like a, at least a good amount of money or they were really smart with the amount of money that they had or both who knows yes i think it all looks great i think the the visual effects were probably a good chunk of the budget anyway and here we are in the end how how do you think it's going to go between i want to know what you think is going to happen between merlin and arthur how do you see their this this going next episode well i watched the in the next episode of Merlin. So I watched the end and obviously things with Arthur and Merlin are not off to a good start. Apparently, Arthur doesn't trust Merlin for some reason. Something happens there that I don't know. I'm going to watch this next week. This is an interesting thing to be stuck with is is having previews for next week, which in the binge watching streaming era don't make any sense. But it makes sense for you because you are stuck. And I, I don't know whether to be excited or unhappy that you get to see a, a sneak peek for next week. But it's interesting to see what you think is going to happen. Because, yeah, Merlin, the way we end this episode, Merlin and Arthur are kind of linked now. The dragon's right. 
Gaius thinks it's his destiny. Everyone's like on this like Merlin and Arthur train. Uther's on it. Everyone is on the same page. Everyone is on the same page at the end of this episode. I agree. Merlin plus Arthur. And you don't think it's going to go well next week, which we will see. It looks like it's not. It looks like there's a tournament and Uther has that very condescending parenting thing that he's like, I hope you make me proud. I'm like, ugh, I hope you die soon. <laughs> you want, we're on episode one and you already want Uther to die. I love this. Well, I mean, Arthur is the one and true king or whatever it is, right? That the dragon says. So just die so he can be king and we can all be happy. Oh, all I'm going to say about that is that you and the dragon are going to get along famously on this topic. Oh my God. After Gwen, he is my other favorite character. Trust me. I love him. Are you a Ravenclaw? Like you just adore wisdom so much that that was just a lot. You just dropped a lot of like, I like people who are well-informed. I will, I will say now, this is a slight spoiler about my opinions about this show. I think consistently Gwen is the smartest person in this entire show. See, I knew I liked her for some reason. For a reason. Yes, you love you love smart people and she's the smart one. Out of out of the whole everyone's the hot one. I mean, sorry, Gaius. Almost <laughs> all of the young people on this show are the hot one, for sure. So what's your favorite line? I wanna know your favorite line from this. Oh, so I have two. One is from Gwen and one is from the dragon. Oh my god. I'm gonna give you the Gwen line first. I love when they are right before Lady Helen starts to sing, he looks at Morgana. He's like, oh, look at her. And Gaius like totally slaps him for it. He's like, Merlin, inappropriate for back then. Inappropriate, lechy looking at people. So she, Gwen is talking to him and saying, I hope she is queen one day. And he goes, no. <laughs> Which means that he doesn't like the idea of imagining her with Arthur. Yeah. Then there's the Gwen, the whole thing of, I'm like, oh, who would want to marry Arthur anyway? And he's like, oh, I thought that you liked men like that. And she goes, no, I like more ordinary men like you. And he's like, oh, I'm not ordinary. And she's like, no, I didn't mean you, <laughs> obviously, not you. But just, you know, I like much more ordinary men like you and that's one of my favorite lines what's your favorite the great dragon line my line from the great dragon is there is no right or wrong only what is and what isn't wow that's some deep stuff and i really love that it's very like self-healing of that dragon <laughs> he's self-soothing you know obviously this dragon has done some self-development work because my favorite line from the dragon is him just laughing <laughs> Like, he just snickers at you like you're I love it. a fucking idiot. He's just like, <laughs> what I love is the listeners don't know this. Mila and I are very, very similar people. And yet you've taken like a very different perspective on this entire pilot than I do. My favorite line is, again, I'm going to be so basic. My favorite line of this episode is, of course, I'm sorry. How long have you been training to be a prat, my lord? With a bow. With the with the bow is the special part. Also, I will I will take this opportunity to say my accents, my British accent is awful. I know that. But you can't say my lord in an American accent and make it sound proper. So it's definitely my lord. But <laughs> <laughs> that I think is the popular line of the episode. That's the line people remember the most. So I find it 
amazing that that's not the one you picked. Just because I think most... I was gonna pick, I knew you were an ass. I just didn't know you were a royal one. That is very good. That is very, very good. Because there's like, there's wordplay. There's different meanings to like royal and ass. And like, I love it. I love it. And it's all in that same scene. So I understand. For a country bumpkin, Merlin is witty and sassy as they come. He is just sassy all the time. He's just a little sarcastic and very witty. I agree. This is why I love Merlin. I think he does show some self-restraint in this episode, even though not much. Only when he sees the disapproving gaze of Gaius. But he could have ended everybody in that scene. Uh, maybe. I don't know. He doesn't seem to have much self-control over these powers. But but yeah, I do uh, love this pilot so much for everything it does and how well introduces everyone in the world. It's not easy. It's not an easy task. And I'm excited to see how you feel about the next episode. I can't believe we have to wait a week for you to watch it. I frantically had to pause my Netflix because it just auto-plays into the next episode. And I'm like, no, 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 no. So I had to pause it. I'm excited. Is there anything, is there anything that we missed? Anything that we missed? Oh, I wanted to talk to you about a scene, a specific scene. It might not interest anyone because it's really nothing really interesting. Maybe you cut this out. I don't know. When Lady Helen gets to Camelot, mm. it's a very huge hall. Do you know how long that scene is of her just walking? That is amazing that you pull that out. I adore that you even noticed that because it's 20, it's over 20 seconds long. Guys, if you watch shows, 20 seconds in a show is a long time to just walk through a room across a room. I love that. I, I'm i a big fan of moments like that because giving time to a show to do that, there's something very cinematic about this show. And clearly they're trying to make like an adventure movie into a show and giving space for someone to walk through that. I will say it is mentioned in the writer-creator commentary of episode one. They discuss how long that actually was before it was cut down because that is an extremely long haul. And they have they did do a take of her walking it and it was a lot longer than the 20 seconds you saw. Oh my God, I love that it was in the commentary because she walked and she walked and she walked and she walked. And I'm like, this might have been 10 seconds of walk, which 10 seconds is a, already a lot. And I went back on this part and counted the seconds like going down like on the Netflix thing and it was 20 seconds 20 seconds is a long time well yes 20 seconds is a very long time when it comes to television shows but I am a fan of that decision like not rushing things it's it is quite something to give that in a pilot give the villain 20 seconds to walk through the room but it gives it scale because this is something we, we can discuss here. Uh, this is filmed inside a real castle. It is, you know, this is like, I come from Europe. This is a real castle. It's very easy to tell when it's a real castle. And it's very easy for me to tell when it's not a real castle. And, and that's not an offense to them. Their sets are brilliant. Um, there's only one time in the pilot where I'm just like, that's a set. And that's when he delivers the medicine to the blind man. Uh, but outside of that, Yes, like some sets aren't as obvious as that one, but this room is very clearly real. 
it is a real castle and you get the scale of them filming at a real castle a lot of the time. You can't fake this stuff. Even if you CGI'd it, you'd be able to tell. And I think that's why they gave her the walk is really to like showcase like the grandeur of where this place is and how real the room is. I mean, I think it's awesome. I I really appreciate that they did that, especially in the first episode. You're like, oh, I'm just going to give this time. But it was just surprising because I never see it. It's very rare that you see that. And it's very rare that they give that amount of time, especially to a pilot, to somebody just walking across a room. Yes. Especially not a central character. Yes. Another thing that I wanted to say, anxiety moment for myself for this episode. It's right when Gaius is going to read Merlin's mom's letter, there is a huge pile of papers right next to an open flame, but like very, very close. Why would you do that? It gave me anxiety. It was like three seconds of a scene that I'm like, those papers are going to burn and they might be important. Take them out of there. Why do you have to put them so close to two candles? They are just in the air, open, open air. Open flame. What I can't believe is that I'm the one who rewatches this show. And you're, this is your first viewing. And I've never even noticed that. I'm just like, who? I was not paying attention to the pile of papers. I was listening to Hunit's very well-read, very beautiful letter uh, that establishes so much. Um, I did see a meme yesterday of, of Gaius being like exposition guy. Like he's always given the exposition lines. I don't know that that's I'm not. I'm going to refrain on saying whether that's true or not. Now, I could, we can discuss this further on in in our viewings of Merlin. But um, yeah, I did not notice that. I'm sorry that that gave you anxiety. I just, if anything, like I noticed what I don't. It's not okay. It's not okay. I'm like organize your space and take the candles away from the pile of paper, please. If anything, I notice more what background actors do after my like you know second rewatch, where I'm like, okay. Like, I've seen this too many times to notice what the central characters are doing. And now I'm staring at, like, extras, like, being weird in the background. Because it's very hard to be an extra and look natural. I'm just going to put that out there. It's very hard. Pretend talking when you can't make sounds sounds easy, but it's not. And that's why people... No, you feel like an idiot. Like, I've been a background actress and you feel like an idiot. Same here. It's also um, when they make you dance without music. It's, it's so, it's like, it's so dumb. I cannot explain how dumb it is. If you guys don't know, when you're a background actor and they make you dance, they play the music for a few seconds so you can get like the rhythm or the beat. And then they turn the music off so the actors can speak and the microphones can get their voice. And then they put the music back in post-production. So you are dancing every dancing scene Almost everyone, every single one that has dialogue, you're dancing to no music. I I know that. And I was awfully grateful anytime that I was a background actor that it was not a dancing scene because that like it's already nerve wracking to have to dance on a TV show. And then to have to do that with no music and have to be on beat with people that are in the room with you is just so stressful. It's really hard enough to like have a real looking conversation behind somebody. Some people have like I love watching extras who overuse their hands because they're miming. I've been in takes where they stopped us and came to the person that I was fake talking to to be like you're miming. It's hilarious. <laughs> 
This was season one, episode one of Merlin. Oh my God, we did it. I almost can't believe it. I know. I I love this show, obviously, or else I wouldn't have chosen it. We we could have gone with many shows, but I was watching Merlin at the time. When, we, when I came up with the concept for this podcast, I was watching Merlin. And I was like, you know what? Let's do Merlin. It's a good chunk of time. It's 65 weeks because it's 65 episodes. So I hope you're excited about watching... 65 weeks worth of Merlin and doing 65 weeks worth of talking about it because it's much more than we usually talk about a show like I get you to watch it and then we talk about it for a couple weeks while you're watching it that's true and I watch several episodes at a time and we can talk about it with a lot of more information at once not just one episode at a time yeah this is usually this is like intense this is a very intense and I'm sure there are things we miss and everyone will hate us because if any fans of Merlin are listening to this there are going to be things that I missed as the as the primary responsible person for making sure we hit all the buttons of what we're supposed to talk about in Merlin. But I think the most important thing, which is Merlin plus Arthur, will always get discussed. Merlin's destiny with Arthur. Guys, don't hate us. We're also still figuring this out. It will get better. If you like Merlin, keep listening. We'll be here till the very end of this show. Yeah, and give us feedback. Let me know. Do you want us to go through the episode scene by scene? Is that how people want to hear people talk about a show? Because I thought it was interesting to talk about the pilot in the reference of like what your first impressions were of everyone and everything. Because this is the setup. Like other episodes after this will be very different because we can just talk about we both thought what we both thought was happening in the story. But I think the story in this in this episode was secondary. Like yes, Arthur's life is in danger. Merlin saves him. That that's the story arc, right? Like that's yes, I agree. You have to do an overall analysis of how this pilot works as a pilot and how it sets up the whole show for the rest of the series. Yes, just tell us what you like to hear, okay? And please discuss the specific topic. And I think everyone's favorite topic will always be the relationship between Merlin and Arthur, because I think I don't know how clear it is to you at the end of the pilot. That is the point. The destiny. I can't wait to see that. I can't wait to see how that plays out because on the tiny, like I said, on the tiny little preview that they gave me, it sounds like it's not working out. I mean, they hate each other right now. I'm not sure. We'll see. I guess we'll find out next week if Merlin and Arthur still hate each other, even though he saved his life. Let's be real. Okay. What are you scoffing at? He just saved your life. It's true. And you're being all ungrateful about it. So we'll see where this goes. He doesn't seem like a grateful guy, so it's not going to go well, is it? (laughs) I can't wait. I can't wait to be able to watch the second episode. I usually, for you guys that are listening, I usually watch the episode on Friday, rewatch it on Sunday, and talk to you guys and Sonia here Sunday nights. Yeah. And, you know, we'll get this posted up soon. It'll be interesting. Everyone can reach us on Instagram. For the love of Merlin. Yes. Please give us feedback. We love it. I can't wait. I'm so glad that he had this idea. And I'm grateful that you chose me to talk to you since we already talk every day anyways. But I'm very excited. Yeah, we just don't talk when you watch Merlin. But anyone can reach us at For the Love of Merlin podcast. Yes, the the word podcast is part of the name on Instagram. For the Love of Merlin podcast. Thank you for joining us. And we'll see you next. Yes, thank you for listening, guys. See you next week.